This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Are you sick and tired of biased hockey talk? Then you have come to the right place. The Drop focuses on the St. Louis Blues, but we also delve into other news from around the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You were headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance Descott. Welcome back once more to another edition of The Drop Podcast. As always, I am your host, Lance Descott. Before we get into the Blues game, I want to go over a couple other items that I've not been able to go over since they happened. First item of business, the Ottawa Senators' ownership and GM. Eugene Melnick and Pierre Dorian are a joke. After a loss to Edmonton, they fired Guy Boucher. Pierre Dorian said in the press conference when they announced the firing of Guy Boucher that he was very upset, basically, the way they played against the Oilers and that he notified Eugene Melnick of his decision, which is a joke. Eugene Melnick made this decision. Pierre Dorian did not make this decision. That's one thing that's a lie. Number two, day of the Edmonton game, after previously playing very well against the Flames and beating the Flames, Pierre Dorian was quoted basically saying, Guy Boucher hasn't had it easy here. It's been hard for him to win. Blah, 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 blah. Basically, Guy Boucher is my man. I'm going to wait to reevaluate them. In other words, the coaching staff at the end of the year. Then the next day he fires him and promotes Mark Crawford up to be head coach. And this has nothing to do with Mark Crawford. I like Mark Crawford. I think he's a pretty good coach. But the people that lose in this are the Ottawa Senators fans. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been to Ottawa to watch a game at the Canadian Tire Center. Great place to watch a game. Yeah, they need a new arena, and I'm not going to even get into that mess because that's a whole other mess that Eugene Melnick has messed up. In 2017, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They took the Penguins to a Game 7. Then they just start making all kinds of trades. Some of them made sense. Others of them didn't make sense. They bring in Matt Duchesne by trading Kyle Turris. So they give up Kyle Turris and a first-round pick to get Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne is a very good player. He's a great player. Every team in the NHL would like to have Matt Duchesne on their team. The problem with trading for Matt Duchesne is they knew they weren't going to re-sign him. Eugene Melnick is cheap. He is a cheap owner and doesn't care. He pretends to be a man of the people, cares about the team. If you see game highlights, he's high-fiving fans. Like, he just loves this team so much. Let's recap the timeline so far. Lost in Game 7, 2017, Eastern Conference Finals. One game away from the Stanley Cup. They trade Turris. They bring in Duchesne. They trade Hoffman, June of 2018, I believe. Then the beginning of February, Melnick comes out and says, the Senators are going to be all in for a five-year run of unparalleled success. Watch out in 2021 to 2025. It's a joke. How do you have unparalleled success? By fighting over a stadium issue. 
by not wanting to pay the player, so you trade him away. He's delusional. Then after trading Duchesne, they trade an up-and-coming 26-year-old Ryan DeZingle. Then they trade Mark Stone. How can Eugene Melnick and Pierre Dorian sit there and tell the Ottawa Senators fans that we're all in for 2021 to 2025 unparalleled success? How's he going to reach that unparalleled success? I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. In a few years when some of these guys' contracts are about to be up, he'll trade them. And he'll give the same spiel again. I feel so bad for the Ottawa fans, as I said earlier. Great city. So much stuff to do in the city. Great NHL fans. And this jerk owner, Eugene Melnick, does this to him. You cannot continue to lie to your fan base and get away with it. Doesn't work. Now another situation. John Tavares comes back as a Toronto Maple Leaf to play against his former team. If you want to dislike a guy, that's fine. But this guy did nothing to your franchise but help it. Without him, over the nine years he was there, you'd have nothing. This guy consistently produced for you for nine years, was a great ambassador for the city and for the team, represented you guys very well. And then when he comes on the ice and the Islanders front office tries to give him a tribute, people yell at him and call him an asshole and a bunch of other names too. And then people throw stuff at him. Class act, Islanders fans. Real class act. Do you think a free agent's going to come there thinking, damn, if I leave here in five years and I go somewhere else to make more money, I'm going to have to deal with this? No, thank you. And everybody thinks they have an excuse because, well, he told us he wanted to stay here. He wanted to be an Islander. What do you want him to do? Do you want him to tell you before free agency last year and through that whole last season, I'm not coming back. As a player, you cannot do that. He had every right to go to free agency. He had every right to go back home to a team he's always wanted to play for. Those are my two topics before we get into this Blues game. Coming into this game, the Blues and the Hurricanes were probably the hottest two teams in the league. Great performances, timely scoring, good goaltending when they needed it, good defensive play. Both teams were playing very well. And since it would be a back-to-back game, Jake Allen would start in goal. And the Blues would get off on the right foot on a goal by Oscar Sundquist in the first period to give them the lead one to nothing. The last one in the top 10, ninth overall in 88. Long shot, they score! Done from the line, it may have been tipped, and the Blues take a 1-0 lead. Strong play by Dunn at the left point, and he never bailed off the line. You see a team with confidence is when they hold that line. When they don't have confidence, then they're backing out, they're bailing out. And Rod Brindamore won't be happy with that play in his own zone, but you got to give Vince Dunn a lot of credit here. Fake shot. And it looked like McGinn was going to go through him. He rolled off his right hip, and it allowed more patience by Dunn. And he steps right in here, avoids the hit, steps forward, head up all the way, watches it, and rifles it. The puck was about to go out of the offensive zone. Vince Dunn gets the puck, puts it on net. Oscar Sundquist is right in front with a great deflection past McElhaney, and the Blues are up one to nothing. That goal by Sundquist was his 12th of the year. Can you believe that? Oscar Sundquist, 
has had 12 goals. I don't think anybody's seen this coming, but he worked very hard in the offseason. Done with the initial shot, gets his 18th assist. Thomas gets his 16th assist. Six minutes, 59 seconds in. The Blues are looking good up one to nothing. But that would not last very long. Around 40, 41 seconds later, Justin Williams would get his 18th of the year to knot this one up at one each. Brett Pesci, near flank. Williams scores! Justin Williams with a blow dart right by Jake Allen. And with 12.20 left in the first, the Canes have tied it. Set offensive zone face-off play. Williams comes from the middle and plays a game of give and go. There are four or five different offensive zone face-off plays that the Hurricanes will work. Pesci goes to the middle. Williams, who had started in the middle, gets himself in a one-time position. Some great passing by the Hurricanes in the offensive zone. Justin Williams gets the puck and just puts a beautiful shot past Jake Allen on the glove side to tie this one up at one each. That goal by Justin Williams was his 18th of the year. Pesci gets his 12th assist. Nita Ryder gets his 21st assist. Seven minutes, 40 seconds in. Now, a lot of people have been saying that Jake Allen went down too early on this goal, that he didn't have the right angle. That's not true at all. Go back and watch the replay. He went down exactly like he should have, and he had the perfect angle to stop that shot. It was just a very good shot by Justin Williams. Moving forward just around three minutes later, Justin Falk would get a goal that I am sure Jake Allen would love to have back. His bit blocked. Good stick by Dunn. Niederreiter takes over to the midpoint. It's Falk. His shot. Scores! Justin Falk from downtown. 9-16 left in period one, 2-1. St. Louis had too many men on the ice. It wasn't going to be detected. And Justin Falk, who left the game early in the second period against L.A., Game-time decision, who's had a heck of a year. For the second time in the last couple of minutes, Jake Allen is beaten high to the glove. Just enough of a net front from the guy who got the first goal, Captain Justin Williams. This was a terrible goal for Jake Allen to give up. Just terrible. This one is totally on him. About two feet in from the blue line, Justin Falk takes a shot. Not a slap shot, not even a hard wrist shot. A terrible goal to give up. That goal by Justin Falk was his eighth of the year. Nita Ryder gets another assist, his 22nd of the year. Sebastian Ajo gets his 46th assist of the year. And that's the way the first period would end with the Hurricanes up 2-1. to one. There would only be one power play opportunity, and it would be by the Hurricanes, and they didn't score on that power play opportunity. The Blues did outshoot the Hurricanes 11-8, to eight, but I thought the Hurricanes made less mistakes than the Blues did and Jake gave up that terrible second goal to Justin Falk. Moving into the second period, the Blues really needed to get back in this game and tie it up, and that's exactly what they would do just a little over two minutes in. Vince Dunn would get his ninth goal of the year. And he goes to work against Pesci at the line for Dunn. And Dunn a drive, he scores! It was tipped again, and Dunn, he's got the odd hand from the point. It's 2-2. Two to two. He sure does. Bought some time, went to his right, Found an opening once again. Vince Dunn is playing his best hockey in the National Hockey League for me at both ends. And the confidence really showing. Down low though, Sunquist feeding big Pat Maroon. Maroon buys some time. This is a Phil Necro knuckleball right here. It hit, bodies, looks like it's going high, drops down under the bar. How big has Vince Dunn been this year? At the beginning of the year, 
Everybody's talking about the trade for O'Reilly, bringing in Bozak, bringing in Perron. And I said in one of my earliest podcasts before the season, watch out, Vince Dunn's going to have a good year. And he's had a great year. I don't know how this shot went in. Looked like a knuckle puck. I think it hit off one of the Hurricane players. They initially gave it to Pareko, but it never touched Pareko. It's all on Vince Dunn, and he was involved in that first goal by Sunquist. He's just grown so much this year. That goal by Dunn would be his ninth of the year. Maroon gets his 13th assist. Thomas gets his 17th assist. Two minutes, 13 seconds in. We've got ourselves a tie game. It just kind of deflated when the Blues went on a power play and the puck ends up back in the Blues end and Jake Allen misplays it. He can't get back into the goal crease and Sebastian Ajo puts it in a shorthanded goal, his 26th goal of the year, to give Carolina a 3-2 lead. And boards by Ajo all the way back down. Jake Allen loosely plays it. Ajo's on it. He scores! Sebastian Ajo after a gaff, a grand gaff by Jake Allen out of the corner. It's a shorthanded goal. The Canes have a 3-2 lead. I'm going to dial it back to the fact. Dean Chanel, the coach that handles the penalty killing, using Hayden Fleury right after a recall. And Jake Allen lackadaisically gets out. Perhaps the trapezoid comes into play. The Blues have a power play. The Hurricanes clear it down the ice. Jake Allen goes to get the puck and realizes he can't play it. Because if he plays it, he'll get a penalty for touching the puck in the trapezoid. And then the Blues power play is up. But if I was Jake, I just would have went ahead and played it and taken the penalty. It's much better than giving up a goal. Just a terrible decision for Jake to make. And it puts the Blues behind 3-2. to two, And I thought it really changed the game from there. Ajo gets an easy goal as 26th of the year. Tara Vining gets an assist as 42nd. 13 minutes, 3 seconds in, shorthanded goal. There weren't a lot of shots in the second period, especially by the Blues. They only got three shots on goal. Carolina would only get seven, but they're up three to two. Going into the third period, the Blues are still in this game, and they would still be in the game about midway through it. But 10 minutes, 44 seconds in, Jordan Stahl gets his sixth goal of the year to give the Hurricanes a commanding two-goal lead. Centering pass that time in the dandy. What's goal? Scores! That's hockey, baby! Jordan Stahl found a spot, found the net. 9-16 left. This is why Jordan Stahl's three assists against L.A. Tuesday night are so big. He has confidence. Watching him in practice yesterday, everything was in the back of the net, a lot bar in. And he just finds a soft, backs off, finds a soft area. Heck of a feed from Tara Bynan. Terrible defense by the Blues. Dunn is standing around looking at Stahl with the puck. Barbashev is right around him, just standing there. Really didn't do nothing. Let the guy accept the pass, and he puts it past Jake Allen. A lot of people blaming Jake for that goal. It all starts with bad defense from Barbashev and from Dunn. You cannot let a guy stand like that 12 to 14 feet out in front of your goaltender with the puck and just look at him and stare at him. That goal by Stahl, as I said, was his sixth of the year. Tara Vining gets his 43rd assist. Hamilton gets his 16th assist. Carolina's up 4-2. to two. Wouldn't get any better for the Blues after that. They would end up pulling Jake Allen and the Hurricanes without an empty net goal to make the final 5-2. to two. 
Lissette to the stats of the game. Hurricanes at 24 shots on goal. The Blues at 23. Face-off wins. Hurricanes won that battle 58% to 42%. Blues were 0 for 3 on the power play. Hurricanes were 0 for 2. Blues out hit the Hurricanes 26 to 22. And the Hurricanes outblocked the Blues 20 to 15. Heading into the post-game interviews, we're going to hear from Jake Allen, Vince Dunn, Alex Petrangelo, and of course, Coach Craig Berube. Let's bounce over my stick. It's my fault. Let the boys down. Unlucky break. I can't play it in the trapezoid. I tried to skate as hard as I could through the net, and I, I just couldn't make it. You know, I dove a little too early. He's a, fa- he's a fast skater, and uh, if you're in the trapezoid, it's a penalty, right? Yeah. You know, thinking back on it, maybe I should have just took the penalty uh, and got our chances, but, uh, you know, my fault. Uh, they played. Uh, a pretty tight checking game, though. Did, I, I know you're not necessarily paying all that much to it, but it seemed like you guys couldn't get a whole lot going. Yeah, they play. You know, they they play a lot different style than a lot of teams that we played in the uh, you know the past months or a couple months. They're uh, they're a good hockey team. They're fast. They uh, they're on top of you all the time. They didn't give us any space to breathe. You know, I think that sort of killed us. And um, you know, they've been playing well. And um, you know, honestly, we. For myself out, it wasn't good enough from everyone tonight, and you know we got what we deserved. You, you're asked this after every start here recently, but just how uh, much of a challenge or adjustment has it been to stay ready, to stay sharp? Yeah, it is. It's it's it is tough, no question. But it's something I have to adjust to. I have no choice about it. So it's uh, I feel like I've been adjusting pretty well. You know, uh, definitely not my best performance tonight, and um, you know. Hopefully we regroup tomorrow morning and get back at it, get focused against the divisional team. A tough game. It seemed like you guys had uh, trouble just getting anything going in the offensive zone. Huh? Yeah, I think just from the start we weren't connected as a whole um, in all three zones, and uh, you know that's definitely not the game we want to um, have against a team like that. They're a really high pressure team, and um, they come at you in all three zones. So um, you know, for us, we needed to stick together, and um, we didn't do a good enough job tonight. Uh, you had your shot working though. It looked like uh, you, you had a little. Uh, you thought you had. Didn't you, did you think you had the first goal for a minute or no? I didn't really know. I was just you know, happy to get um, get one for the team there. Um, I mean, doesn't really matter about me. It's it's not good enough for the team. Um, I wasn't good enough defensively, and we weren't good enough defensively as a whole. And um, you know, we just kind of got to move on from this one and look forward to a, a big game tomorrow. It seemed like you guys got bumped off pucks more than usual, too. I mean, did you, did you agree with that? Did you, did you notice that or no? I mean, we weren't heavy enough. Um, you know, I think we made plays and it was kind of just a one and done kind of play. But, um, you know, I just don't think we were consistently good enough as a whole, um, both offensively and defensively. But, um, I mean, obviously it's it's a different kind of game against a team like this. They're, they're a very offensive team. They they come at you when, when they have the puck and when they don't have the puck. So um, I just don't think we were quick enough to react to that. Was the team a little tired tonight? Uh, I mean, we shouldn't be. Um, we had enough days off. And, um, you know, there's no excuses for that loss. We, we weren't ready as a whole. And, um, you know, I think we just kind of got to put that one behind. We're playing pretty good hockey right now. And, um, you know, that's kind of a, a setback for us. And I think it's just, you know, one that we got to kind of forget about. Like it was hard to get into your game. Why was it? Yeah, they were aggressive. I didn't think uh, we were aggressive enough, especially with the puck kind of playing in the offensive end like we've been doing lately. So spent a lot of the game on our heels, and uh, a team like that is going to feed off that. So uh, play that teams like this, we got to be better with the puck. 
Are they a different style than you guys have seen lately or no? Uh, no, most teams want to play the same way now. I mean, they kind of stretch us out there and uh, just trying to get the puck into the offense zone as quickly as they can. I mean, most teams are trying to do that these days. They were quick, but we weren't quick enough with the puck. They checked well. You know, I thought that they did a great job of uh, not giving us any room out there. We're, it was a tight, tight game all around. and. You know the shots were down both both ways. It was just a tight hockey game. We never really got a, got to our game and controlled the play in the offensive zone. Um, so you know we got to do a better job. But you know they did a good job of uh, not giving us any room either. Is that style different than teams maybe you've been playing lately, or no? The Carolinas? No, I don't know if it's different than a lot of teams. But I mean they they're tight and they skate well. They're a hard team to play against. Would you rather had Jake do anything different on that? Maybe take the penalty on that, that play that uh, the, the, the the shorthanded that led to the shorthand. Well, I mean, he's going out to play it and just kind of mishandled it, or you know, just you know, that things happen. What, what, do you, what do you tell him after a game like this or a play like that? Well, I didn't go and talk to the team after the game. I wait till tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Is that maybe. To let the emotion of the game uh, yeah, die down. They're all—they're not a very happy, you know. Either nobody's happy, you know. So there's no sense really going in there to say anything. But you're—you're you're still going to need Jake down the stretch, obviously, right? With all the definitely, definitely, yes. The the, uh, the the scrap at the end. Do you think because uh, there were two guys swinging at Bortuzzo? Do you think there there should have been an extra penalty well, to kill? The original call should have been made on them, but it wasn't. But that's that's hockey. Because of what the guy the guy yeah. went at yeah. Ortiz first. And how about uh, Barbashev? He got he got hit by a puck late. Does he seem to be okay, or do you know? Yeah, he's fine. Uh, team looked tired at all to you tonight. I know you had an extra day there, but you know I don't know if we were tired. I just think that it was just a, no room out there. You know it was tight, and uh, he had to work for every inch. Um, they played they played a tight hockey game. Dallas tomorrow, you, you can't dwell on this one, huh? Nope. We've got a game tomorrow, and that's a good thing. We'll get back at it. What are you expecting from, from well, Dallas? Hard game again. They're fighting for their playoffs lives, too. You know, it's going to be a desperation game. This was just an all-around bad game. Jake Allen made that mistake when the Blues had a power play, and it just seemed like it broke their back a little bit. He gives up the soft goal to Justin Falk. The D wasn't great last night. Jake Allen wasn't at his best last night. And the team only scored two goals. You can't win games by scoring only two goals. In fact, including this game, their last three games, they're 1-1-1, one, one, and, one, and they've scored five goals. You're not going to win very many games by scoring five goals in three games. The Blues didn't play a good game, and the Hurricanes took advantage of the Blues' mistakes. They come back tonight with a quick turnaround at home against the Dallas Stars. Jordan Bennington's going to be in goal, and I certainly hope the Blues play better in front of him because if they don't, regardless of how unstoppable people think Jordan Bennington is, if your defense doesn't play good in front of you, you're not going to have success as a goaltender. You may be able to steal some games now and again, but for the most part, your defense needs to be there with you as a goaltender. I want to thank everybody for joining me for this episode of The Drop. Until next time, stay healthy, stay happy, and of course, let's go Blues!
Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Drop Podcast. To get more of The Drop, check out our website at droppodcast.com. You can also find us on Google Play, iTunes, and the iHeartRadio app. You can follow us on Instagram at the.drop.podcast or on Twitter at Drop Hockey Show. You can email The Drop Podcast or host Lance DeScott at lanced at droppodcast.com. To find out more about Lineup Media, go to lineupmedia.fm. Until next time, let's go Blues! This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.